Welcome to The Way Talks. This is our fourth episode. Uh, This is the podcast in support of The Way Collective in Calgary. And I am Jacqueline. I am the resident hypnotherapist and intuitive counsel and also your podcast host. And today I have Kim sitting down with me and I'm very excited. Uh, She does soul realignment uh, through the Akashic Records and Celtic Reiki. And uh, I am so excited that you're here because I esoteric stuff is my jam. So thank you for coming. You're welcome. I'm so happy to be here. This is fun. It's a new one for me. <laughs> Excellent. So we have been starting off with, you know, letting everybody tell a bit about themselves. So Kim, would you like to tell us about your journey? Well, um, I always tell people my journey started when I was young. So I kind of joke and say that... Uh, I hit puberty and then I kind of just went weird. Um, I started getting into, you know, tarot cards and um, I just found that the religion um, that I grew up with wasn't working for me. So then I started looking into things like Wicca and um, anything that had to do with like um, the esoteric because this was before it was so popular. There wasn't a lot of stuff out there. And truth be told, it was a a kind of a difficult journey. Like I didn't have a lot of support. Um, People didn't really understand what I was doing. Um, a lot of my friends' parents didn't really like the influence that, <laughs> that I was having on them. Um, you know, and now it, it's you can go into chapters and there's just tons of resources available and it's so out in the open. But back in, you know, the, the 90s, it was a completely different story. So um, it just kind of started there and it just kind of branched out. Like I looked into every kind of philosophy. I looked into world religions. I looked into um, occult knowledge, esoteric knowledge, and just kind of, picked and chose from there and here I am today with my own little company and you know working at the way with this lovely team mm-hmm. yeah ta-da ta-da it's been a fun <laughs> journey yeah now would you care to talk about like what resonated most with you um when That's I first start yeah it's a big question <laughs> everything actually um I think for me what resonated the most was the idea that it was like I had experienced a lot of um trauma growing up mm-hmm. And I think for me, it was just the lacking of answers that I was getting from the institution that we were raised in religiously. So I was trying to, I know I just always felt different and I was trying to find something that would give me these answers that I was looking for to explain why these things had happened and why I got exposed to these things. And and there was this other side where I just had a lot of creativity and I just couldn't live in a world where there was no magic. So I guess Mm -hmm. I felt like I was always seeking something where it's the idea of like, you know, energy work just really appealed to me because it's like, I just can't live in something that is so solid and, you know, our whole lives revolve around just like these four walls and, you know, a job. It's like, there has to be something more out there for me. For sure. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Now, what came first as far as like actual formal study? So formal study, I actually got into, um, I met a lot of different groups growing up. I had a friend that used to teach past life regression. Mm. Uh, regression, yeah. Did I say regression or regression? <laughs> it sounded like regression. <laughs> okay. He used to teach past life regression. That doesn't quite work. Um, but no, he he taught at uh, the University of Waterloo. So mm-hmm. he had this group of friends that he would use to uh, basically, we were, we were like his control group to kind of understand like his methods. And he did hypnotherapy yep. as well. and. He taught a lot about um, learning how to engage your senses intuitively for protection. Like, so if you're walking in a crowd, you could, you know, just tune into what was going on around you and be Mm -hmm. kind of a little bit more aware. So I started with that and we studied together like every Friday where we'd study these different techniques just to kind of like 
raise our intuition. So I guess that was my first formal training. That's just, super cool. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then I did. I got to do a lot of past life regressions um, as being part of this like control group. And um, it kind of just went from there, like a lot of things. Like I was drawn to Wicca. So I guess a lot of stuff was mm -hmm. about herbs and crystals and cards and um, a lot of energy work and breath work and uh, learning how to use energy and direct energy yep. for different um, philosophies. So I guess there was no real formal training in terms of what that was. It was just a lot of experimentation with um, different groups of people that were drawn to these modalities and trying to create their own stuff as they went along. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. <laughs> now, I'm a little curious with the past life regressions, because like, I do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was it was it group or was it individual sessions? It was group sessions. That's so. cool. Yeah. So we did a lot of group sessions and then um, and the groups would get bigger and bigger. So I'd actually start going to different conferences where these these people became um, quite influential, influential and uh so they would have these conferences and then, you know, that would be one of the seminars where they would do group um, regressions. But sometimes, I don't know if you've ever had this, where people can spontaneously regress. Mm -hmm. So I've had that experience and that was a, a whole other kettle of fish where it was one day where it was just like, there's this knowledge that's coming through and, you know, this, this whole other being that is myself that yeah. is now walked into me and is sharing these memories and this you know, this information. So it, that was a really neat experience. That's a little bit traumatic. Yep. <laughs> very emotional. Especially when like, you're not ready for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very cool, though. And yeah, probably one of the most interesting um, experiences I've had just like spontaneously and mm -hmm. unexpectedly. Yeah, and, and my teacher was there, so he kind of like saw what was happening. And he was like, hmm, there's somebody else looking out from your eyes right now. Like, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about details? If you don't, um, you don't have a, to. That was a traumatic one. Got so it. my okay. my last life, it was actually um, in World War Two. So it was a, a concentration camp experience. So it, yeah, it was it was really emotional, and I, I I don't see things when I do energy work. Like if I'm doing Reiki on someone, I might see colors and get a sense of things, but. On this one, it was all just the emotions mm -hmm. and the understanding of where I was and what was happening in the emotions and. Um, the person that was leading it, like my my instructor who happened to be there, like he'll he'll start speaking in different language to get a sense of like what's going on here, like where oh, are you, who yeah. are you, right? And then he'll mm -hmm. write things down, so it's not like he's not, you know, giving you impressions. Totally. So he was writing things down, and and what triggered the final kind of like information was he had he had said something um, very negative in German to me to kind of see, and that was when it was kind of like everything just kind of like started coming through. Oof. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so that was a pretty emotional one, but yeah, it was definitely a, looking back on it, it was a really cool experience overall. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very powerful. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, mm -hmm. moving forward, from there, did you end up taking like your Reiki or wh where did you go from So, you know, there? it actually kind of went on the shelf for a while. Like I started focusing more on aromatherapy mm -hmm. and I started doing, um, I had a company called Accents of the Spirit and I traveled around to a lot of like um, powwows and mm -hmm. pagan festivals and um, the stuff in my aromatherapy was all based on kind of like magic and intention. So mm -hmm. I was focusing on that and then in 2008 when the recession hit, um, I kind of stopped and it kind of went dormant for a little while. And then, you know, I got this email um, probably like six or seven years ago, somewhere in there, from a friend 
who I had done breath work with and I had shown her how to cycle energy while you're meditating with someone. Yep. Um, so it's kind of like an indirect form of Reiki where it's like you use two people, right? And you're kind of creating this heightened experience for both people. And she got a hold of me through Facebook and she was like, you know, I wanted to tell you something. And she's like, do you remember when we used to have these sessions? And I was like, yeah. And she, she was like, you changed my life. And yeah, it was so beautiful. And she was like, you know, ever since you, you know, you showed me how to do that, it's, you know, it changed her path. And now she's in um, health and wellness and um, this philosophy. And I don't know if she does energy work, but it just really changed her focus for the direction of her life. And that was kind of my, like, hmm, you know, if somebody has changed her life and focused on this and it's like an I gave them that gift, why am I not continuing with that? So that was sort of when I started to be like, maybe I should get some formal training and actually start offering this to people. So yeah, I started with Reiki um, and then um, I found Celtic Reiki and then I found the Akashic Records and here I am. (laughs) Ta-da! (laughs) Ta-da! That's too funny. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, Celtic Reiki as opposed to like the normal Reiki, Mm -hmm. can you elaborate yeah I would love to know more about that so traditional Reiki or UC Reiki is Japanese Mm -hmm. so it's considered to be almost like sky energy um, or universal energy whereas Celtic Reiki is actually a little bit more of a different experience so with UC Reiki you have a master that um, gives you the symbols that you're going to use whereas with Celtic Reiki and in UC Reiki there's like six different symbols and you get your master symbol so you would kind of like turn on your symbols as you're doing a session. Whereas with Celtic Reiki, it's a much more channeled experience. Mm-hmm. So Celtic Reiki is kind of based on the interconnection that we have with earth energy, specifically with trees, because the Celts had a very big relationship with trees. So each tree has its own language mm-hmm. and its own um, flavors of healing that it has agreed to allow us to draw from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's 21 different symbols that you can call upon. So it's a, a much more tailored experience to the individual depending on what they're working on and there's a lot more deeper layers that you can get into so there's Mm -hmm. a lot more in terms of you know if somebody's dealing with heavy trauma or somebody really wants to connect to their ancestors or there's just a lot more variety there and in Mm -hmm. terms of um from for the practitioner if i'm using uc reiki it's like i'm just calling upon those symbols right so i'm just activating something whereas when i'm calling upon celtic reiki i'm actually channeling those symbols and those energies so it's almost like um i'm I'm more alert when i'm doing um traditional reiki whereas whatever comes through with celtic reiki it's almost like i my personality is pushed out of the way right so it's just kind of the energy is just using me as its conduit for the healing yeah yeah so, Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That's very cool. It is. It is. I really, really enjoyed. And when I had my first session, I kind of went into it and I was like, I'm going to keep an open mind here. Like, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. And I, I probably had the closest to, you know, a spiritual or kundalini experience that I've ever had. And um, it was amazing and so after that I was like okay this is my <laughs> this is my jam <laughs> yeah. and for those that might not know what a kundalini experience is would you explain I can if you can't but that's what you might be better at explaining it than I am I just see it as almost like a, a spiritual awakening when yeah. you're when your chakras are all activated um yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's a lot different for everybody right like my my reiki master had one and she said she had um visions of sacred geometry for hours and mm. that was what she was looking at and then I had 
a yoga instructor say that he had one and he felt like he'd been thrown down a flight of stairs. So, oh, good lord! Yeah, he's like, it took him a while to be able to get up. So, uh, yeah, it's much. It's an intense experience. Yeah, it scare people and be like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, whatever it needs to be, it's going to be. And yeah. I guess that, you know. Yeah, and people, you know, that's what they um, train and prepare themselves for, right? Yeah. Like gurus and stuff. So it's not like, it's not a, a light experience. It can be very lightening, but it's mm-hmm. it's an experience. Yeah, it is you kind of end up working your way up to it yeah like it's not like it's i mean there are cases where it happens out of the blue and you're Mm -hmm. not expecting it Mm -hmm. but generally it is the kind of thing that you're right you prepare Mm -hmm. for right and i did have a friend who had um, a kundalini awakening without being prepared for it and he he had his at a renaissance festival and he got a reiki session and the girl didn't ground him after So all that energy flowing through him gave him this kundalini awakening, but he didn't know what it was and he didn't know how to process it. So for him, he just felt super ungrounded for a week. And then he went back and found her and was like, yeah, you need to fix this. So she grounded him and then, you know, he understood what it was and how to work with it after that. But yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There. All right. So with Reiki, you ended up, Studying the Celtic Reiki. And mm-hmm. then what came next, Kim? Well, it was interesting. Uh, you know, I'm learning as I go through my journey that, that it's like, you know, pay attention to what you say because what you say tends to like either come back and bite you or it haunts you a little bit. So like five years ago when I started doing Reiki or started looking into it, I made a joke with like um, one of my coworkers where I was like, next stop, High Priestess of Calgary. <laughs> and, she, and she laughed and she's like, yeah, right. And then um, my other coworker was like, oh, my sister's getting an Akashic reading done. done. Do you know what that is? And I was like, no. And I kind of just put that word at the back of my mind, forgot about it, like whatever. And as, as I was studying um, Reiki, and then about like a year and a half ago, that word just showed back up in my head and yeah. it was just like on fire. So I just needed to know everything there was about Akashic readings and records. And I spent a week like book hunting and looking for, you know, podcasts or YouTube tutorials. And then I just randomly found uh, a free tutorial on Instagram. So I clicked on it and watched it and it ended up actually being the instructor that I studied with. Awesome. Yeah. So it it was very synchronistic and I I didn't really plan it or didn't really, it just, I think it found me. That's how that shit goes. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And yeah, that was kind of fun. (laughs) So Akashic Records. Please explain. What does that What does that mean? <laughs> so most of my clients don't actually know what an Akashic reading is. I can talk about this for hours. So um, the super, <laughs> hey, go for the it. Super, yeah, the super condensed form is the idea that it's, um, you know, we came here to have an experience. We came here as an energy being wanting to have a human experience. And the whole point of that was we wanted to experience ourselves as the creator, right, of that experience. And we wanted to... Um, you know, separate from that universal energy and see ourselves as divine. And we can only do that through creation. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the idea that once we decided to separate and have this experience, that is essentially when you started your Akashic record. So your Akashic record is considered to be the wisdom that your soul has accumulated from the time that it was created until today. So it's kind of like all of the lessons that you've learned along the way that are in your record, but it also hosts like you know, when we came here, we were given what's known as um, a blueprint, and that blueprint has all of your gifts and talents, and it also tells you, like, 
you know, this is how you're going to relate to this experience. So this is, you know, how you're going to relate to your hobbies. This is how you're going to relate to your dynamics with family, friends, work. And if you can apply your energy in alignment with these gifts and talents, you know, you're going to have a much more um, authentic experience, a more purposeful experience. So it kind of just gives you the uh, the confirmation and the idea of like this is who you are when you're using your gifts and talents, and this is who you are you are when you're not. So you actually have a clear understanding of what is my purpose, where is my purpose, where should I apply my energy, and it kind of gives you that that clarity that people are looking for right now. Mm-hmm. Where where does the the tradition come from to you it's it's interesting um akasha is actually a hindu word mm-hmm. so it kind of translate roughly to mean like the matter of the universe so it's like the creational matter of the universe mm-hmm. and it's um a lot of gurus will talk about the akasha but it's actually also considered to be a christian um, modality because the christians say it's guarded by the archangels and the reason they say that is because there's just an an integrity factor that comes along with it where you can't just go poking around looking at somebody else's record. You have to have their permission. So mm. usually I gather information from my clients, and what that does is that gives me their permission to act on their behalf to read their record to them. So if I were to go into your record without your permission, I would just get a lot of confusing information. So a lot of like, you know, yes and no, yes and no, and it's like it wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So in terms of that, that's kind of like, you know, the energy basically saying, like, you don't have the right to be here, right? You're, act- you're not acting respectfully. So that's why the Catholics, you know, or Christians or whatever, see it as being guarded by the archangels because that's their failsafe of, you know, you need to have permission to be here. So it's kind of used by a lot of different cultures and, you know, general people that practice spirituality. So it Mm -hmm. it translates and, you know, everybody kind of sees it as this uh, library that houses these records of everybody's journey. Um, I consider it to be more like the Internet because it's not something (laughs) static that we need to, like, you know, try to get to somehow, it's kind of like, you know, it's just this energy that's moving and, you know, evolving and shifting. And it's just kind of all around us and accessible. It's not, you know, something that we have to really work really hard to focus on to travel to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, with accessing it, like, what is the process there? Like, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> so you have, with your clients, you've got permission. And mm-hmm. it's similar to, like, any, I, I remember when I was reading tarot a lot, like, it was always like, you can't do readings unless you have permission, mm-hmm. right? And so how, how do you get permission? Like, what are the questions that you tend to ask your clients? Usually, um, it's kind of like astrology, really. I just ask for their, their name, um, if it's changed from their birth name, their date of birth, and their place of birth. And mm-hmm. that just weeds out anybody that might have the same name that would energetically attract that person's record instead. Um, And then from there, I actually have um, a series of protocols that I go through. So I have about six pages of protocols of just questions that I'm asking um, just to see what's there and what shows up. And then after that, I can kind of get the story of what what I'm looking at. But that's essentially what it is. It's um, the teacher that I went with. She's very, very grounded in reality because she thinks that with a lot of spiritual stuff, like it's really interesting information, but it's like, what can I do with it? Right? For sure. It's like, how do, how do I use this? How do I apply this? So she wanted to make it very grounded so that it's mm-hmm. like, this is the transformative aspect that, you know, should you take this information and apply it, you can actually see some really great changes happen in your life. So it's more like, you know, coaching, using your own story kind right. of to coach you. So um, the protocol I have is actually very, um, very grounded and very... Uh, 
real world, I guess, for a lack of <laughs> yeah, a better term. Fair. Yeah. Now, when you go to seek out the information, is it like in meditation or how, how do you, do you channel it? Like, how does no. it come through? Um, I was really worried about that when I signed on because, again, I was like, I don't, like, if I have to channel this, that's freaky. But I actually, <laughs> with the protocols, I actually use a pendulum. So I have charts and I have numbers and questions that I ask and I use my pendulum to kind of weed out the, those questions. So I don't actually need to spend a lot of time like I said, trying to get to some some place where it's, you know, it's just more the intention of like, you know, so I'll spend a couple of minutes just clearing my mind. And I'm changing planes. Uh, we could get into those where the Akashic Records if you want to talk about yeah. different dimensions. Please, please <laughs> elaborate. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> so my teacher goes um, and explains a lot with quantum physics. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I explain it to my clients in terms of like where the Akashic Records lives. Yeah. So uh, science says that we have a 10-dimensional reality. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to be able to create, we had to come to a third-dimensional reality, right? So this is kind of where we can create matter um, and things like that. And then the fourth dimension is sort of the realm of our thoughts and our ego. And then mm-hmm. dimensions 5 to 10 are the realm of spirit. So the fifth dimension, this is where the Akashic Records actually lives, quote-unquote, right. air quotes. <laughs> um, and this is where a lot of that stuff lives, like tarot cards or shamanic journeying, um, transcendental meditation. This is all kind of happening in the fifth dimension. And this is where we get into uh, like string theory or particle theory, where um, scientists have um, proven that they have seen the same atom in two places at the same time in the fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. And to them, it, it proves that time in the fifth dimension is no longer linear the way it is down here. So we can only go forward in time here, right? We have the present and then we can go forward. But up in the fifth dimension, time is kind of suspended. So because of that, that's why we have the ability to kind of go into people's past lives or do things like hypnotherapy or, you know, shamans that are doing these journeys. Like that's all happening up in this dimension where, you know, things just don't work the same way and we have the ability to kind of move around and play with things a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So usually, you know, I tell people those memes that you see where it's like raise your vibration or level up. It's like once you have your spiritual awakening, you understand that there's you know, a higher power or a higher energy or however you relate to that, you actually have raised your vibration because now you've moved into fifth dimensional wisdom. And that's, like I said, that's where the Akashic Records actually live. (laughs) The data for them. Yes, the data. (laughs) The internet of the Akashic Records. (laughs) Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you... You pull the information from there, and so you have the protocol. And then, so what? What is a session like? Like when you sit down with somebody, like if it, what? What do you? What are the areas of interest that you look at? Like clearly, you're not doing a reading right now, but like, what is? Mm-hmm. Where do you kind of find yourself focusing? Well, we kind of go through it in different segments. So a lot of people tend to find it to be a lot more information than they're expecting. They don't really know what to expect when they come in. So when they come out, they're kind of like, oh, (laughs) in a good way. Yeah. Um, So I kind of go through different things. So I'll go through an explanation so that they understand what the Akashic Records are and where they are and um, that sort of thing. And then we kind of go into their blueprint because most people, that's what they want, right? So your blueprint really gives you support in terms of like Akashic energy is very supportive. It's very empowering. It's all about the idea of, you know, we came here to create. This was supposed to be our playground. So it's very supportive in wanting you to create Mm -hmm. outwardly, right? And through your experience. So it will never give you more than you can handle Mm -hmm. in terms of what I get to look at. So I don't actually get to look at everything. I only get to look at 
what the individual is ready to deal with. So it's really interesting that interplay that's happening, like kind of behind the scenes where it's like, if you were to come to me for a reading, there's already an energetic agreement from your yes. soul in terms of like, this is what I need to let go of. Mm -hmm. So that's what I get to see. So it's kind of this, this really cool interplay of the energy that's happening there. And so that's usually, um, nobody walks away surprised from what the information that comes through. Yep. Um, and especially when I go into the blueprint in terms of, you know, most of my clients will relate to themselves through the negative aspect because they'll see what they're calling into their experience when they're not in alignment with themselves. And they can really identify with those situations around them where it's like, you know, I, I need to set a proper boundary with this person or, you know, I really don't like my job or I'm really exhausted about this particular situation. And when I put it into terms of like, this is who you are they start to kind of be like, okay, and then they can kind of reassess and understand what action they need to take. Yeah. So that's usually what I focus on the most because that's kind of what, what knowledge is they're seeking, right? Like, of course, yeah. You know, it's like the story of who they are, and it kind of gives them that confirmation of being like, you know, you don't need to feel uncomfortable for always coming back to certain situations because it might be so woven into the fabric of who you are mm -hmm. that now you can just say, okay, like it's natural for me to feel this way because it's part of who I am at soul level. I don't need to fight this. Mm -hmm. So um, it gives them a lot of comfort that way. Gotcha. Yeah. And then from there we go into um, some fun stuff where I assess their kind of like spirit guide team and, you know, their universal support team. And I teach them how to unlock their manifestation abilities mm -hmm. um, and what to ask for and how to direct that in alignment with their blueprint and the gifts and talents. And that's where it's sort of the idea of like, that's really the fun part where you get to play with this kind of energy mm -hmm. and you get to start to see that transformation because it's the idea that, you know, with better awareness, we can make better choices and with better choices come better results, right? So it's sort yeah. of the idea that as soon as we start making new choices, we're actually rewriting our Akashic record as we go along because it's kind of like we're opening up all new karmic experiences for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very dynamic and it's not, um, and it's always changing and it's always um, available to us to kind of find out what's in our record as we go along. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and then cool. from there at the end, I kind of go into what's known as uh, blocks and restrictions. Mm -hmm. So this is sort of the idea that, you know, we're human and usually when we go through trauma, we start to pick up insecurities. So, you know, we're all human. We all have insecurities. There's hundreds of them out there. Mm -hmm. But if you go through something and usually it's with somebody that you care about, um, it can actually create um, a self-limiting belief about mm. something. So, you know, self-limiting belief could actually attach to us and it attaches at a certain chakra. And then it kind of becomes this filter that keeps us from fully aligning onto our path because now it's kind of the idea that, you know, let's say you get your heart broken, all of a sudden you have this self-limiting belief of, you know, unlovable. Yeah. So now you have this belief of unlovable sitting at your heart chakra. So now you're going to go into every relationship filtering, you know, your your love through this filter of unlovable, of right? Course. And you're going to start attracting those situations. So that's kind of what I go through with people. And um, usually once they see that word that's keeping them from fully accessing a lot of stuff, they don't want it anymore. So again, it kind of gets back to that, like their soul already knows, right? right. And it's ready to let go of it. So and usually once you see what it is and you know how it's they can start to see how they're calling that experience into their life and how that's playing out so it's like I don't really need to um, really investigate the story behind that I just need to understand that it's like you know this particular situation or the self-learning belief is here and it's creating a block for you and it's sitting at this chakra and then they can they usually kind of see how that's 
played out in their lives and then they can work on that. So when I do the clearing, um, I clear that stuff for them and then what they get to kind of experience a little bit of like a, an energy boost or like, you know, they feel very refreshed and that additional energy is basically the Akashic energy trying to support them and being like, take this energy, you know, we've removed these blocks and now go out and create something new for yourself. So Gotcha. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about the clearing? Like what does, what exactly is that? Like, so the clearing is essentially just um, almost like an affirmation or a power statement okay. um, that I'm writing into somebody's Akashic record and I'm asking it to be carried out with joy. So it's sort of the idea that it's like I'm asking it to be carried out. Um, essentially when I do the clearing work, it's almost like um, it's erasing that that notation from your Akashic record, right? So, uh -huh. that, so that self limiting belief is no longer showing up in your Akashic record and then you get to experience your life like un, unfettered from this you know, or untethered from this um, self-limiting belief. So some people, they end up coming out of it where they're like, you know, I feel a lot lighter or, you know, I feel more on point with myself or I have more energy. Sometimes they might feel emotional because it's like, okay, I have some work I have to do. Yeah. So, and then I usually give them their own clearing statement that they can carry on because it's, it's their record. It's their soul story, right? So it's like, I'm really just setting the intention for them. And then once they have the session, it's almost like they've accepted that intention so then gotcha. the clearing work can actually take place mm -hmm. um, and then the, the catch is though once you understand your blocks and restrictions it's up to the individual whether they want to make those changes right because not everybody wants to make change and then so what can end up happening is if somebody doesn't want to make change on that they basically write it back into their own record uh-huh yeah so that's the catch it's like you'll feel good for a couple of days and then it'll just reset back to what it yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, I did do a session with you, yeah. and it was lovely. <laughs> it was super fun, super interesting. You're right. You know, it confirmed a lot of things for me that I already was kind of like, it was there. Um, you did give me a statement, and you said 21 days, mm -hmm. to repeat it 21 days. Now, why is that? Um, I think it's just a psychology thing, because mm -hmm. it takes 21 days to install a new habit. Uh -huh. So it's sort of the idea that you want to change your subconscious pattern of thinking. So that's why you want to keep it up for 21 days. But you don't have to stop after the 21 days. And I try to tell people, like, if you're having a bad day or you're, you know, just a lot of mental chatter in your head, like, use your affirmation, right? So just mm -hmm. put it out there and say that again and kind of just bring yourself back into being centered. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I do mine all the time. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that like any tidbits from Akashic that you would like to talk about or? There's so much I could talk about. <laughs> what is, what resonates with you the deepest about this work? So in terms of this work, the thing that I really resonate with is the fact that, you know, because I don't know if it's because of the instructor that I went with, but it's just so grounded in reality. And I mm. find with a lot of spiritual work, we do a lot of shadow work on ourselves and we don't really have an understanding of like, when is this lesson done? Like you just uh -huh. have to intuitively try to figure out when it's done. But with Akashic stuff, you can actually go back in and get a follow-up session because there's certain aspects of you that will never change. Like your blueprint's never going to change, but everything else is because we're constantly making new choices. So, you know, if you get a reading done and you have blocks and restrictions and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to work on that. You can come back in a month and be like, can you look at my record again? And I can actually tell you whether or not that lesson has been done, whether it's still in your record. So 
you know, I've had some clients come back and it's like, yeah, I just get to give you a high five because our lesson's <laughs> over. Like it's not there anymore, right? And then as we go along, we go through trauma and we might pick up new lessons, right? So it's mm-hmm. really interesting in the fact that it's like you, you actually get that confirmation of understanding, like, where am I right now in terms of my journey? You know, not just my spiritual journey, but what is that manifesting outwardly for me? Yeah. And it gives you a lot of, a lot of clear information in terms of, how how do i do this like where do i start where where do i align my energies right so it's a very clear roadmap of understanding you know that society teaches us that you know everything is meant to be a struggle or everything's meant to be hard work or you know you have to pay your dues and you know sweat equity and that's true to a point but you know we came here to create we came here Mm. for this to be our playground right so it's kind of the idea that it's like not everything is meant to be such an uphill struggle and when you're in alignment with you know, your natural gifts and talents and you're in alignment with who you are, you actually start to unlock the flow of that playful energy and things start coming to you a lot easier. You know, and because society tells us everything's meant to be hard, we discount things that come to us easily because we're like, oh, that that's a scam. That, that's too good to be true. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're going to want me to buy something or, you know, we just, we pawn it off. And, you know, I do this myself too. And I, I went to get a reading done and the first thing the woman said to me was, you're getting so much feedback and you're not even paying attention. You know? yep. So sometimes we just, we don't see what the universe is trying to give us. And then we go through this struggle and we're like, oh, why is this so exhausting? It's like, it's not meant to be. So, yeah. and, th- and that's kind of what I want to bring to my clients is try to teach them, you know, how to go about structuring their energy and how to, how to ask for what it is they want to see in this, you know, in their experience, in this experience. And you know, and just play with that and have fun and see what comes back to them because they will get something back. And, you know, just the understanding that we have a support network around us. Mm-hmm. And the key to activating that is asking because a lot of times we don't ask for what we want, right? We yeah. go through life and we think, well, if I'm a good person, I'm going to hope, I'm going to dream, you know, but am I going to ask for it? And if you don't ask for it, nothing can actually intervene in your behalf. You know, mm-hmm. I can, can try to kind of like bring you signposts but if you actually ask for it then it's like your team can kind of be like finally yes I can bring this to you now (laughs) yeah yeah so that's my my biggest lessons to my clients is like start start asking for for what you want and yeah you know it doesn't have to be out loud doesn't have to be in front of anybody but it's just the idea of like once you get clear on what you'd like to see in your life just ask the universe to bring it to you or you know you might not be able to go from one to ten but maybe you'll get to go from one to two you know and two to three and eventually you'll kind of end up where it is you want to be. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How has this work informed your life? Um, that's a hard one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Asking the hard-hitting questions. Well, I guess if you want to get into the, the blueprint stuff, like um, my blueprint is actually all about interdependent relationships Mm -hmm. and it's all about healing and the idea that um, my natural gift is just to create sacred space that um, we're the same yes we are we are that's why we're (laughs) and it's not a surprise yeah yeah (laughs) because that is my entire practice is about just creating space for people to step into who they are yeah and just work out their stuff (laughs) so I feel like when I get to use this information and when I get to have a session with my clients, I always come away from it feeling energized because it's sort of the idea that it's like, you know, through my relationship with them, 
they're coming to me to give them something, you know, some purpose, but they're actually allowing me to access my gifts yeah. too. So it's almost, it's this beautiful interchange where I'm just as grateful to them as they are to me because it's like, well, because of them, I'm now in alignment with my blueprint, right? Yes. Whereas before I wasn't. So yeah, so I think that's how it's really impacted it where it's like, well, now I feel like I'm, I have found my purpose and I'm using my purpose and I'm applying my purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful exchange. It is, it is, and it's it's one that I really hope that I get to do, you know, much more and full time. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, you're stepping into it. Yes, yes, and all all will come. You just have to ask. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to say? No, I think that is everything. That it's been really fun being here doing this. Yeah, this is the first for me. I probably won't listen to it. I'll be like, oh my god, my voice. <laughs> is that what I sound like? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing a little bit about your experience yeah. and about the work you do. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to everyone listening, please take care of yourselves. And thank you for being with us on, on this journey. 